0: Tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now.
1: Welcome, Fit Clubbers. We are back. I'm your host, Shaka Smith, joined by my lovely co-host, Amy Fit to fat to fit. fit uh, Fallon Mercedes. Brock, how you doing, Fallon?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Good. Uh, ba- glad to be back. looks like a lot has happened taking place. How are you doing personally? Dealing with the protests and Corona and just everything.
0: You know, um, I think it's draining, you know, to turn on the TV and see a lot of things that are going on. But I do feel empowered and I feel proud of my community for standing up and having the voice. And I truly feel that it took this pandemic to happen for us to all be enraged and do something.
1: And focus, right, and be able to see it and all have the time to really dig into what's going on. Um, exactly. but we, have, we have a wonderful conversation. We're talking about the upticks, gym life and veganism though in a COVID-19 world with IFBB pro Tory Washington. So we'll bring him on now. Mr. Washington. Um, but yeah, Georgia is unfortunately one of the states that is experiencing an uptick. So is California. Um, Tory's in Florida and so is Florida as well. So we'll have to talk about how we're all kind of coping and dealing with that. How's your anxiety level right now? Can you My oh wait, is, do we have Tori on?
0: Yeah, Tori's on.
1: Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, <interesting. action. laughs> oh, we gotta get your screen flipped. I don't know why, but I'm flipped, but now you guys seem
2: flipped.
0: So flip it again, turn it back, and then flip it again and it should it should turn. And then one more time. There you go. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Hey, we're we're in, we're in. Thanks How's it going? <laughs> Wait.
2: Okay. You guys have spoke at the same time. What happened? How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic, man. Really, really, really good. How about you guys?
1: Good. We're, just, you know, I was saying we're just dealing with, you know, COVID nineteen. Uh, Fallon's actually in Georgia. I'm in California. Um, and I was saying we're all in the states that are having the uptick, so, uh, <laughs> of corona, COVID nineteen cases. And of course, we're still dealing with this on the back end of protests. Um, how are you dealing in Florida? And what? And what And which In which respect are you talking about? In all of them. Just your anxiety with COVID nineteen, just kind of getting out as things open up, but also the anxiety coupled with that idea of let's be out in the streets and protesting as well.
2: So, I hope your your listeners are ready for this, because <laughs> what I'm gonna say is not what the mass population is saying,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because I'm very different when it comes to. Thought process in regards to how media, mainstream media, pushes an idea. What I mean by that. He asked me about my anxiety. I have none. I never have. I've actually been on the go out and about doing my thing since September. You know, it doesn't stop for me because of some virus that's in the society, for example. Yeah. Because I look at it as our body is a society in and of itself. And if we take care of our temple as we should from day one, there is no anxiety.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: anxiety only comes from when you allow yourself to be manipulated by the fear that's pushed by media and other people who don't have the wherewithal to go into a mindset of stillness. Mm-hmm. And that mindset of stillness, you put yourself at ease where you don't, you're not moved by people's, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because that's that's not how we should live. And if you're living in that space, that's something you need to change. So, anxiety for that, there is none. There is none. I don't even look at it. I've, I've won to not even let that word S I C K or I L L permeate my thought process because I have no idea what that is. I look at it as if we are really, truly in harmony with our being and in harmony with the universe and harmony with the world and harmony with other people you won't have to deal with that. And then as far as the protest goes, you know, I think protest activism is unique. Every individual does it differently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we are almost pressured to do it a specific way because it's what the masses are doing. And one of my mentors told me, when you see what the masses are doing, do the exact opposite and you will always succeed. And so I like to thrive. I don't thrive by following. I thrive by being a leader and making my
1: statement different. So
2: yeah, no anxiety.
1: (laughs) I I love that philosophy. Um, Where were you able to draw that philosophy from? Is that something, I know you as a Rastafarian, is that from that philosophy or is that something you always had even before you really explored that deeper?
2: So it's, you know, I've been, I was raised in the Seventh-day Adventist way of life. Mm-hmm. You know as a Seventh Adventist they are very i guess not almost pragmatic but very much into the health aspect of lifestyle and as well as understanding that this is the world you don't need to be of it but of course that way of life was a thought a school of thought that I started and then I transitioned to Rastafarian school of thought and Rastafari is all about love oneness with the universe and love with all you know regardless of race creed religion color what have you because we tend to pr- imprison ourselves in these boxes or these labels and we want to live by them and we create policies and rules for them but then we don't want someone else to create policies and rules for us the irony in that yeah. so then i take that same school of thought went to college engineering and i met people in islam i met people with You know, Society of Maya, I don't know if you know what that is. You know, Society of Maya is more of the study of Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptology. So I did a lot of different schools of thought and and Buddhism as well, all of that. So, and even now more so because, you know, you go through things in life that cause you to go through a deep introspection and this deep deep introspection causes you to see your vulnerabilities your flaws and how can you better yourself and so i'm on a continuous journey now to make myself better and so but when it comes to my thought process on the healing of the body and of the mind i've kind of had that for a while and a lot of times people are kind of consider it selfish you don't care about other people and it's not that i don't care about other people it's like i'm My goal is to allow people to recognize their own greatness and recognize this magnificent design that we've been given, this body we have. It can take on just about anything, given the right environment to thrive and the right mindset in which to put it in. So it's a continuous process, brother. It's like um, in Japanese, you call it kaizen, which is continuous improvement. So I'm always doing it. I love love it.
1: it. I love it. Um, We do gotta give our viewers a little bit of an update on what's happening with Corona. Um, Just worldwide, we have 8 million cases, 437,000 deaths. In the U.S., we comprise 2 million cases and we've hit 116,000 deaths. But we're looking at vaccines um, and um, they're looking at 14 vaccines, about to narrow them down to seven. So making progress on that front. Um, But of course, the new model has said that we're gonna maybe have deaths that look like 200,000 when we get to October. So those are just by the numbers. But we are, of course, you know, experiencing different things in different states. So we have 18 states with an uptick, 10 states are flat, and we have 22 states with a downward trend. But I think what you're saying is exactly right, Tori, in terms of our mindset um, and how we approach it. Because for me, I know my anxiety has been, you know, some days it's here and some days it's, it's down there because you hear about the uptick in one place and you hear about the downward trend in another place. When you're dealing with clients and some people online that have that anxiety, when it comes to going to the gym now and working out, how have you been able to deal with that for them?
2: Well, it's interesting. You you know, you tend to attract what you manifest.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Clients aren't in that same space. They are in the space of, this is all nonsense in the sense that, you know, if you look at the numbers, what, 116,000 cases, if those models are correct, if those numbers are correct, that's 0.0003% out of 300 million people in this state, in this country alone. So if you look at that, uh, is that a, a sense for alarm? I don't think so. But most of my clients aren't anxiety. They don't have anxiety. They're, they want to go to the gym. They want to continue their lives because you can't run from everything. You're gonna. Life has ups and downs, bumps, bruises. If you're gonna live in a bubble. You might as well stay there because you, you're not going to be able to get out and live if you're living in that bubble. Life wasn't meant to just sit one place and stay stagnant. You have to grow and you have to change. You have to move and you have to keep going forward. My, so most of my clients, when the gyms closed, we went outside. And, and as you know, our bodies, what, we carry viruses and bacteria within our own body, trillions of them. So when we go outside, that fresh air, that sunlight, all of that is good for you. So if you stay in a place where it's all sterile all the time, the minute you get into a non-sterile environment, oh, you are pretty much are going to have something happen because now you went into a... You changed from one harmony to a whole different harmony. That's going to cause stress. And then that stress leads to opportunistic viruses and bacteria that are like, hey, we've been suppressed so long by the immune system being strong now that we have not had this opportunity to fight anything now we get bombarded and now your body goes into a whole bunch of disarray and then think about it you leave from i didn't realize i honestly didn't realize that people were staying inside i thought that was a joke i thought people would go out front outside i could not believe this i was like what is are you serious tell me that somebody tells you hey dude stay indoors and they do it but if i say don't touch that button they touch the button that's very strange but i was really surprised by that. very surprised by that and now the one, thing, the one thing for me traffic was so nice
1: when everybody was just i was going everywhere in like 10 minutes and now Oh, come on, man. Well, yeah, you can tell it's creepy. It definitely opened back up when you're stuck in traffic again. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, if you think about it, what was it called? Um, quarantine, The it kind of stands for 40 40, 40, 40 days. So it's almost like that's a number that's been put out there that all people can take. 40 days of locked up, and then they have to let go. So you almost look at it like maybe we need to study the psychology behind that. That purposefully created psychology, psychologically wise to put you in that state. Now everybody's just going out. Yeah, I mean that's going out. I'm seeing
1: people out. Like wow, that's interesting. Are you seeing the same thing too, in Georgia?
0: Yeah, everybody's going out now. Um, we now are seeing traffic. Um, I went um, into the city the other day, and I'm like, wow. I guess everybody's ready to go out, but. Turning back to what you were saying, Tore, I think like for you, you are healthy. You've been taking care of your body for so long. So I feel like you're not gonna get anxiety of getting something because you've been doing what you're supposed to. I think so many Americans who have all these underlying health conditions, they know they're on so many medications. They know they're not going to the gym. They know they have high stressful jobs, and they know they're not, you know, eating good, they're eating processed food. So I think. And knowing those things, I think those are the people that are scared to go out and they have anxiety because they're worried, okay, if, if I get sick, I'm gonna get really sick where, you know, for you and maybe me and Shaka, you know, if we were to get it, we might not even know we had it because we take care of ourselves.
2: True indeed, very yeah. true indeed. And then when the, the, a lot of the information comes out is kind of mixed. You know, they put out one thing, then they put out another thing. Oh,
0: so back and forth.
2: So, and, and the thing is I've been this way all the way through and people look at it, oh, you're crazy. You know, what are you talking about? This is what they say. I'm like, well, hey, you know, they are not me. You know, I'm going to, I, rec- I, I trust my instincts and I also do my research as well. But I, when I see it, for example, the other day, hey, it's asymptomatic it's very rare to give off anything. Oh,
1: I said that before.
0: Yeah.
1: And now this it seems like they're catching up, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I know with Dr. Fauci recently they were saying that initially the administration didn't want to recommend masks cuz they didn't want to run out of masks for essential workers, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: but they, instead of telling us this they only want to give us a half of the information. Um, what I have noticed is that local news is very good. If you're able to kind of check in with your local news stations, that they tend to be a little bit more accurate in terms of reflecting what you should be more paying attention to.
0: Yeah, I agree. I noticed watching my own local news, like I love finding out how many cases here where I live. I don't live in, you know, Atlanta. I kind of live towards Alabama. So the cases here are different. So I know, okay, I... I'm not as concerned, but hearing those um, statistics, okay, I'm not, I don't have to be as concerned as if I was going into downtown Atlanta.
1: Yeah, and um, it is official. Um, doctor, well, we have at least have one doctor out there recommending now um, that people, especially African-Americans, because we do know that, hey, Tori, we got, got you back on. Yeah. Um, we do know that African-Americans have been hit hard by COVID-19. Um, with us representing half of the cases of positive cases and over 60% of the deaths. Yeah. And so we have um, one of the doctors out of Meharry Medical School, um, Meharry, the Meharry Medical Institution, is recommending that African Americans go vegan, adopt a plant-based diet. Um, of course, Tori, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Um, what changes or what have you noticed in clients that have adopted that shift, did you notice a shift for yourself? I know you went back, you went vegan, what, in 98? So I don't know if you you recall noticing a shift.
0: Oh wow, long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I, you know, I was raised vegetarian. So going
2: vegan was a light switch for me. It was just a, you know, something that I just mentally did. And of course, you just mentioned that some doctor is recommending that people go vegan. And yes, I'm for this but it's also recognizing that people should look at it as more than just to so called be free from illness because that's not necessarily what will actually happen. You know, some people just have immune systems that are not as strong as others and they can make, they can work on their immune system to be to, I don't know if you can can get stronger or strengthen their immune system, So I I do advocate it and a lot of, for myself, I really have, I think the one thing that worked for me in the past, I was slightly asthmatic. And once Mm -hmm. I was fully no dairy, that was gone. I was gone, totally gone. But I also, I'm going to say again, I'm all, I'm really about this. Mm -hmm. If you are health and wellness here, it's health and wellness here. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so much sickness and stress here that we carry it through us all the time and we carry it to the next person. We carry it to everybody around us. We stress and sickness of the mind is more contagious than anything. Mm -hmm. And we see it just by dealing with dealing with traffic. People aren't in traffic happy. They're in traffic.
0: Road rage. Most of them stressed,
2: raged out. Can't, Can't believe they're about to go to this job but they chose it anyway. And so if you chose it, you had to go in and get hired. You knew the policies and the rules.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: What's the problem? Mm -hmm. Either switch or Mm -hmm. don't complain.
0: Yeah, or you know in traffic from four o'clock to seven (laughs) o'clock in LA, you're gonna be in traffic. So why are you upset?
2: (laughs) Right, so, and then with my clients that have changed, a lot of them feel better. I'm actually working with a client now who is, he actually lives out there with you guys. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do it because he wants to lose weight. And he also just wants to have longevity and feel better. And, and they do, you know, they start to feel better, but you can also have, that can also be said that you want to feel better. So where does that start? You start here. You're like, I want to feel better. So I'm going to go this route. So yeah. is it because they actually went that route, or is it because the placebo effect took in effect because they were mentally stimulated to feel better by doing this? Yeah. So, and it may also, def- definitely helps well because, you know, you increase your blood flow, your less food to process, your digestion gets better, especially if you do it in a transitionary way because if you go from not having fiber to having a lot of fiber, you tend to bloat, and people get scared because their stomach gets big. They feel they don't feel good, but they went from very rarely having fiber to now having all this fiber mm-hmm. because they just want to go whole foods, plant based all the way. And it takes a toll on their, their intestines because it's not used to all that fiber, and that can cause a problem. So there's different ways to do it, but uh, but on a whole, everybody who's made that switch feel better, and con- they either continue or they have it as 80% of their lifestyle, 80 to 90% of their lifestyle. And I've never been one to, I don't force my opinion or force my ways on anybody. I'm more about spreading awareness in a compassionate nature. Whereas if you feel the need where you want to ask me about these things, I'll talk about them. But other than that, you'll just experience my aura of joy and happiness, just being in your space versus me telling you, hey, you need to do this, 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 and this. That's just not how I've done
0: Yeah. I love that you brought up the mental component to it and how much stress actually does play into your body. There's this book by um, Deepak Chopra. It's called Quantum Healing. And he breaks down a bunch of studies of his own patients where patients with similar diseases, same type of cancer, and why some survive and some don't. And he believes it's due to in the minds and they have their own spiritual beliefs. And recently this year, Shaka knows this and our listeners, but my mother had a double lung transplant and I was her caretaker. And I remember one rule that I had was when the family came to see her, anybody that came in the room, you were not allowed to cry. You were not allowed to be sad. I wanted no negative energy surrounding my Mm -hmm. mom my i think my role in helping her heal was being her like positivity coach and helping her mental health because it was a long road but i wanted to make sure that you know the doctors were doing their job but i felt like i had to do my job in terms that's of like, her mental health and spirituality so
2: that's good I, I like that that's a very nice concept i, I think that that's new I've, I've never heard that before but that's i feel like that's amazing way to, even if they're on their last days, to leave with so much joy and love in there because that's what her life was about, you know what I mean? Her yeah. life wasn't, wasn't that And to the end because that's one thing that's inevitable. We all are gonna die. Mm-hmm. And So when what I see a lot of us so afraid to die from COVID-19, there's so many other things you could die from. You could walk out, cross the street the wrong way, someone that hits you. Mm-hmm. Jump in your car. Your chances of dying are even greater than from this virus because your body has been given the ability to fight things: plane, train, mm-hmm. cliff, gym. <laughs> I know. I didn't go down the line. There's so many in cancer, heart disease, all these different elements that. We don't. We look at them as, oh, that's something. If I'm, that's way off, yeah. but not necessarily because every little thing that you do over time catches up with you. It's that compound effect. So now you want to change it by your mindset, starting there, and what you're eating, rest,
3: mm-hmm.
2: water, your environment. Lucky you said people coming into your home or to the, in her room with love, no crying because no sadness is needed. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had a friend of mine, her dad just passed away from brain cancer, like this morning. The early wow. this morning. Yeah, he had a fight. You know, he had this thing on her head that kind of helps to keep it from coming back, but it came back. And you know, mm-hmm. so things happen, you know, so
1: yeah. I I think with COVID nineteen I think what it do, what it did is it also because of the comorbidities, which has been such a huge part of it, the cancer, the type 2 diabetes, the heart disease, these are the things that make COVID-19 such a deadly killer. And so it's really highlighted that we do need to be taking care of our diets and eating well and making sure that every day we're checked in with this idea of being one and well, well so that when these things do present themselves, they aren't the sort of killer that they could be, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good point, because the pro out of that Is
2: that less, it's almost hope that most people will see this as a wake-up call to, I need to really take better care of myself
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and moving forward. But Shaka, it was very disheartening to drive around and see Krispy Kreme donuts, the line out the woodworks, Burger King, line out the woodworks, line out the woodworks. KFC, line out the wood, taco bell. Mm-hmm. Every day. This was Every going day, out. yeah. <laughs> Regardless.
1: People I, you still know I get a, get a skewed view all of that. Me. I get the only thing. Of, go ahead. I was saying I get a skewed view of living in LA because you know, people are so health conscious here. So I, yeah. I don't I don't see all of that. So it's just right. crazy that That's happening across the country. Yeah, yeah man. It was it was it was, it was much. you, you, you
2: kind of want to get it's almost frustrating. But you're like, hey, you know, a lot, and I actually put out a post about that and people got mad at me. <laughs> hey, that's probably all that they can get. Are you kidding me?
3: You're telling me <laughs> yeah. beans yeah. and
2: rice, beans and rice are expensive? <laughs> yeah. No, that burger is $5. Yeah. And then you got soda and fries.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So and it's gonna last you that. That beans and rice can at least give you two meals.
1: Yeah. Now, I got to ask you, given your mindset, when you do get sick, when you do like at some point you must get run down, I assume, um, how do you mentally deal with that? Is there a protocol you do for um, not like for getting better? Do you have your vitamin C, your orange juice, or you just sort of like go into meditation and Mm -hmm. is it a mental thing or is there some physical component?
0: I have a friend that's Jamaican, and I want to know if you do this. She makes me eat a whole uh, garlic clove. Oh, that's Jamaican. Every time I get sick, do you do that too? No. No. <laughs> I, do that. I, do that. I do that.
2: So <laughs> it's, it's it's a very interesting question because you know I, people that know me and know me that've been around me all the time are like, "Dude, you never get." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." If I feel a little rundown, for me, what my body is telling me is that I need one of three things, more water, rest,
3: yeah.
2: and meditation. So well, usually when I rest more, I'm good because that's what my body was telling me I needed. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I tend to do green tea every day after a workout because of the, the fluctuation in and free radicals once you work out and the antioxidants to help combat that from the green tea plus the you know the other health benefits of green tea you know if increasing testosterone by just a little and what have you if i'm not doing that continuously it will make a change and so i just have to stay on my rest stay on my my water intake and my water intake is about a gallon a day and so if i'm not continuous on that I see it and feel it in my, my, how I interact throughout the day. And I may feel a little bit more tired. But the minute I get my rest on and rest a little bit for like two days and get that eight to nine hours,
1: I'm pure as gold, man. <laughs> and how do you, how do you meditate? Are you meditating daily or do you meditate when you're getting uh, uh, as needed? So I have really picked up meditation more now and you know
2: i guess i you know this is being vulnerable who cares i've just recently gone through a divorce
3: hmm.
2: and so when you go through a divorce for me because it's, it's almost like it makes you feel like what did i do wrong you know what i mean yeah. so therein lies my deep introspection and so throughout that process it also helped me to go back to a place where i needed to learn meditation and so what i've been doing not con- not I need to be more consistent with it because, you know, you get up, sometimes you forget, you move mm-hmm. on, you keep, you go straight into what you needed to do for the day. Mm-hmm. My goal is to do 10 minutes every morning of just stillness meditation. And with that, I noticed that when I'm on it, I feel very good. But when I'm not on it, you know, it's almost like your day is rushed. Yeah. But but then I have my affirmations that I didn't really think affirmations were a thing. I thought they were all hocus pocus. (laughs) But then I recognize that a child from zero to seven, their learning capacity is very strong because their mind is absorbing everything. And then after seven years old, up to adults, everything for us is repetition, regardless. So if you're just like the gym, you can't build a muscle without doing it over and over. Same thing with your self-talk. If your self-talk is, I suck at this, I don't feel good, I hate my job, I'm sick, you're going to be that. You're creating the reality for which you're going to exist in. And so I had to really look at what do I want to be? And so I had to really focus on professing that and manifesting that. And it's crazy how it really changed. And next thing you know, I'm doing exactly what I said I wanted to do. They're coming as things come. you may you may so, sorry about that guys no worries you may lose a client and two more come up okay. just kind of so now when a client is like oh i can't do it anymore blah 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 i'm like okay no problem <laughs> i get two calls later the next day it's like well dang you know so it's just so yeah so it's just one of those things man and i've never really had the to take a garlic clove or, or <laughs> think of if Jamaica has another one called Sink a Bible, <laughs> um, holy but holy but think them have the this But me, me, the man, because I was doing it for so long, living this way, yeah. I guess my body has become. I even tell myself my body is like my immune system is super strong, yeah. and really and honestly, it, it really is. Like, I'll get around <laughs> people, oh, I don't feel good, I don't know if you should hug me, but like, you girl, please, yeah. and I'll yeah. hug them. And then the next thing you know, they they get better, and I'm still the same way. <laughs> you, it's
0: like you're giving them your energy when you hug I, them. I
1: like, that. I like
0: that.
1: Are you still having um like those Jamaican foods though? That like the jerk seasoning and the curry seasoning? Of right?
2: course, come oh, man. You know, you
1: so jerk tofu, you got <laughs> jerk eggplant, you okay.
2: jerk. <laughs> on, curry tofu, curry, <laughs> and Curry chickpeas, jerk chickpeas. I oh, no. mean you can have whole <laughs> lipajamia Jamaican food all over.
1: I attribute that to health. I really do because you know, you know, we know curry, um, it's very good for anti cancer Curry's got turmeric in it, so you're having turmeric every day. You know, and they that's say the one thing I eat every day. I eat turmeric and everything.
2: Turmeric, cayenne, yo, spice is life, man.
1: <laughs> what are your what are your superfoods what are your like superfoods or super spices that you think are really important to add not just for the look of the body but for the health of the body
2: oh i, I so i add cayenne to everything the only reason i say i say cayenne is because cayenne is not hot to me anymore but it just gives a kick yeah. but i like even jamaican scotch bonnet is not hot to me i like ghost pepper uh, okay Do you go going ghost pepper i've never yeah, heard scotch. of that oh i've had it, oh, it if you're not into <laughs> pepper i wouldn't suggest it <laughs> you probably call me up like tori i don't know if i'm gonna make it today because
3: that's i, put I, I put,
0: put I you should see i have hot sauce this big i put cayenne chili okay. pepper flakes okay. i like
2: So, but yeah i stick to the cayenne i, I love um cinnamon cinnamon is definitely a good one i put that on japanese sweet potatoes which is one of my favorites cayenne like i said turmeric is used pretty much on a daily basis i use salt but i like to use like himalayan salt and Mm -hmm. not thyme sage a lot of those things i like to use i like to use the the herbs that give flavor but man sometimes you know you get To that point where you're like, I just want to warm something up. I don't feel like taking that long.
0: (laughs) So what you do, I'm Dominican. And what we do is we'll do all of our cilantro, red peppers, different, you know, garlic. And we'll blend it up and keep it in the freezer. So that way you just take it out. I like that.
2: That's a good idea.
0: Yeah. So that's (laughs) what we do. So you don't have to keep on making it over and over and over again.
2: Are you in Atlanta? Where are you?
0: Yeah, I'm in Atlanta.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so I've come to Atlanta often. I used to work in, you know, the Honda Honda factory.
0: Um, I just moved here two years ago. So
2: okay. Honda, two years Alabama,
0: ago. Alabama,
2: <laughs> which is right next to you. So I used to I work. Live, in, yeah, a, I live in, in
0: Douglasville, next to Alabama.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. I used to work at Honda in Lincoln, Alabama, which is okay. very close to you. I have a lot. I had a lot of coworkers that lived in Douglasville, All and right. so. I worked there for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I left corporate America seven years ago and I moved here. And so since I've been here, I've been doing all of this stuff. But um, yeah, I come to Atlanta a lot. I have family there. My sister lives there and I have friends there often. So next time I'm there,
0: Yeah, I'll there make it. It's me. called sofrito. I'll make it for Good. you.
1: <laughs> there we go. They're coming for the sofrito. <laughs> you talked about um, that Japanese um, sweet potato. Um, you, I think in the bodybuilding world or in the world of, you know, trying to build muscle, we're all so afraid of carbohydrates and you were Mm -hmm. saying, don't be afraid of them. I just wanted to hear a, your take on that and then b the dreaded question. Where do you get your protein for as a vegan and how do you address that? So when it comes to the carbs, so
2: carbohydrates, I, I don't even know where that came from, but I think because people have started to see a difference in their physique when they cut it out. So they felt like, oh, okay, I need to cut out carbs. So, it's, you know, I think it just came from someone doing it, seeing a difference, and then applying that to everybody they worked with after. Because carbohydrates is just an energy source. Of course, it's a starch. And with the carbohydrate, I think it's one gram of carbohydrate that pulls in about three grams of water.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: that was an issue. Because that it absorbed water and brought water with it to the cell, and it caused that increase in volume, people were concerned that scientifically, eating too much carbohydrates, you will put on weight. And it's not necessarily fat gain or adipose tissue, unless it's going into an excess caloric intake, you know, like a surplus. So when it comes to bodybuilding, we want to go into a, sorry, (laughs) we can't just stab, (laughs) a caloric, we want to go into a caloric deficit. And so when you go into a caloric deficit, your body tends to, it can almost go into a catabolic state because now your calories are going down, so it's looking for places to get energy. And some, if your protein is very low, your energy source can be your butt, your muscles because your carbohydrates are cutting, your fats and everything, you're getting low. So what we tend to do is increase protein, increase the fat to a certain level, and we start to slowly chip at the carbohydrates as the source of caloric deficit. But we never take them out in what i do and a lot of others that are now understanding the science behind it but in the some people still do they cut out all carbs together
3: Mm -hmm.
2: all together whereas science is catching up slowly people starting to realize that it's not about you don't have to cut out carbohydrates to get that super lean and shredded look that we need on stage
3: yeah
2: so i used to be very high in carbohydrates when i say very high i started out 600 grams i could just go and then get as low as 300 grams and still be lean but you know as your metabolism gets slower as you age Mm -hmm. you have to change up your your requirements. so now i go as high as 300 grams and i get as low as maybe 60 grams but i'm still getting carbohydrates when you're when you're that low you're very close to shelf. and you know it's only for a short time frame it's about a week or two weeks you're doing that To get yourself to a point where your skin is paper thin, so that once you are a couple days from the show or at the show, you're increasing, you're pulling back in the carbohydrates and drinking water. To therefore, now all you're doing is increasing the muscle cell volume, not causing fat, not causing subcutaneous water to sit between the muscle and the skin. So you're Mm -hmm. pushing the muscle so tight against the skin, it makes you look bigger and more defined but you're probably only weighing maybe two or three pounds more than what you actually are before you start eating like that again. So what happens is if your metabolism gets to that point where it's so suppressed and then you just increase your intake drastically, your metabolism can't catch up with it. So your metabolism's here and you start eating at this level, it's not going to catch up. So that that lag in between, that's adipose tissue you're going to start to put on. And so what happens when people do that yo-yo where it slowly gets up, but it doesn't catch up fully, the next time they want to get ready, they have that much more to go. So they have to do more just to get that same look again. And so we see people play this yo-yo game with their bodies, not recognizing that they need to take time. But it's hard, you know, you start to cut back on things. Cause I don't change my foods only if I feel like, okay, this cookie has this many calories. I realize if I'm yeah. going to eat it, it's going to limit my calories for the rest of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So when you realize, okay, I can't add this cookie. I'm going to have to wait until <laughs> the time, you know, So you feel like when that time comes and you can, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can eat all of this now. And so that's what ends up happening. People gain a lot of weight. But it's just a process of having a little bit more, um, I don't even know the word, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, that having the discipline to say, you know what? Okay, just take the time to get myself back into the level I want I can eat as much as I want without putting on excess mm-hmm. fat. Mm-hmm.
1: And so what, another question, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was saying this is what the people need to hear because you're really breaking it down. I, hey. I like you're also an engineer, so people are really getting to hear those two worlds come together.
0: What made <laughs> you move from Alabama to Florida? Was it solely to pursue your career now or?
2: I'm so sorry. What's your name again?
0: Fallon. Oh yeah, I saw that.
2: F-A-L-L-O-N. I love that name, by the way. Fallon, Fallon, this is what I was doing all day. Yeah, okay. I can go to break. Okay. Hey, your break was 15 minutes. You seem to be a little longer on your break. Damn. You know, I didn't like someone looking over my shoulder, controlling my day, I had to give them a handout for, hey, can I get my check, sir? I didn't like that. And I would go out into the world to visit suppliers and I would see how beautiful the sky and how beautiful the day is. But knowing that I really couldn't enjoy it, I'm there to go to another facility and just look at their process and make sure that the parts that they're bringing in are done in a precision manner. That way, when we put it on a vehicle, the customer doesn't get a bad part or bad vehicle. I just got tired of that. And I realized that when I got to that point, Fallon, where I hated going in, I knew I needed to make that change. And Man. from day one, when I started Corporate America, I had an entrepreneurial mindset. I knew it wasn't something I was going to do for the rest Man. of my life. I started network marketing. I did other things to try to get myself going and on side gigs. And then I started just training people on the side. And I had a real good knack at it. I even started it in high school. High school was just kind of like a, someone was like, hey, can you train me? I was like, sure. Because I was working out and they looked amazing. They're, they're even their friends and family, like, oh my gosh. And so I just kept doing. It. And then once I got into corporate America, I was doing it on the side. People were competing, winning shows. Then I started competing. Next thing I know, because I'm vegan, everybody was like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like any vegan we know. You know, vegans don't look like that. And so it just kind of blew up from there. And I said, hmm, maybe this is an avenue because I found out I've always had a mindset to which to serve humanity. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how. I was that guy that if you're on the side of the street, I was gonna pull over and be like, hey, you need help. But then it got to a point where my look and my skin color, people like, "Uh, well, I'm okay, I just called my husband. Mm-hmm. All right, checking. Because you know, I, if it was my wife, my daughter, my sister, I would want someone to help them if they're off, you know, but it didn't have to be a woman. It could have been a man. Anybody who needed help, I'm was willing to help because I, I look at a society where where we, we have so much all about me and not enough we, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that then turned into me recognizing, okay, I have something here because people ask me at work, dude, why are you still here? You should probably be out there doing something because, you're so big on social media. And mm-hmm. that, like, that's not big. But they just saw me on magazines and Facebook mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And they thought, oh, you're famous. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> and so I just took that and moved to South Florida. I started training clients directly. Next thing I know, I'm working with celebrities. And like celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. Call, I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like you manifest. You just t- take that delete, And next thing you know, you fall into... A world that you never thought you would be in. You know, I was talking to people that I used to look up to, like, oh my gosh, I can't even talk to this person. But you know, you have to look at them like this, Fallon. Yeah, really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> it. So it,
2: it was, it was, it just, and then it just blossomed into this, you know, meeting good people like you guys. You know, I met Shaka just recently, and Fallon now I'm meeting you. Yeah. You're amazing. Yeah, and, you know, so it, and then the fabled question of protein. You know, when you think about protein, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Animals that we eat, well not me, I say we, but mm-hmm. most people eat, mm-hmm. that's, they're considered the middleman if you think about it. So you're eating this cow. Before the cow was put on mass production where they were eating mostly now soy and other things given to them, they were eating grass, vegetation all day. You know, they had three, I think it's three stomachs. And they were eating the aminos from the grass Mm-hmm. from breaking it down. Now they have protein and they're building their bodies up. Then, then we ate that animal. Now, mind you, I don't think you, we even ate it with the purpose of we need to get protein from there. I think if not, until scientifically broken to where this is where protein is. Okay, we need more of this. But if you looked at it like, wait a second, but the animal's eating that. We don't have to eat the animal. Mm-hmm. But we didn't put it together. Corporations got involved. and Said, "Big money, guys, sell this yeah. meat, push this milk, dollars, dollars, dollars." Yeah. So, most of my protein sources come from everything. When I say everything is, fruits and vegetation can contain ninety nine point nine percent protein, of protein, but the amount is what people are looking at. For example, a full watermelon is about twenty three grams of protein. Yeah, watermelon. Most people are like, "Watermelon has protein?" Yeah. Mm-hmm protein most of your veg- vegetables have protein fruits have protein they don't have 20 grams they may have one gram two gram three gram like two dates i think have two grams of protein but people are like dates mm-hmm. yeah they have three grams of carbohydrates but you also have fiber in there too yeah help insulin spike and things like that so but i i kind of stick to things that i was raised with i eat a lot of tofu i've always had I've had soy since I was born. So,
3: so
1: there's uh, soy issues there, right? We can, we can, <laughs> at least- What'd you I, say? I'm always fighting the whole soy testosterone battle and telling people none of these studies have ever shown that in humans. Um, but it's also nice to have a person who's been doing it for longer than I've been to say, <laughs> well, I've been doing this since 98. <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, and you know, and even before 98, my mom, <laughs> thought that's because my mom was vegetarian. So she gave us that from the beginning. You know, now, mind you, we were, I, I chalked this up to my mother and she was very, thought her thought process was good in that aspect of breastfeeding us until the last minute, because a lot of times we don't realize all the antibodies, all the strong immune is built staying on that breast milk. But then we're the only mammal on the planet Earth that thinks, oh, shoot, I think I want to continue this milk thing. but Let me get this animal. And those animals are like, dude, what are you doing? We done. We stopped a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. Follow early. I yeah. never understood that. But hey, so I, tofu, tempeh, seitan is one of my favorites. It's wheat gluten. A lot of people have, I know, allergies to gluten. Um, a lot of nuts. I love peanut butter. I If it's vegan, I eat it. So, Fallon, if you're going to make something vegan, you're going to tell me what it is. As long as it's okay. vegan, I'll eat it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll eat it. So, and, you know, I, do as much greens as possible, fruit as possible, and so yeah, I get my protein from those main sources: beans, kidney beans, navy beans, lentils, black beans. I, I eat rice, brown rice, ripe rice, quinoa, rice, dirty rice.
0: Oh. You do plantains?
2: Oh man, what? Come now, <laughs> Jimmy I got, Yeah, have a plate. What else? Sometimes fried plantains, plantain. Yeah. What's the other one? Yeah, all little. you know, you know yeah. have you had boiled plantains?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We call that we call that mangoo. Mango. We do it with our eggs in the morning. I know you don't eat eggs, but and we put onions on it and yeah. I just
1: made Wait, them last
2: different. That's like sweet and savory at the same time. Yeah.
0: Well, well, the mangoo you do it when it's green. Ah. So not, you know, when it's when it's yellow, we just do the they call it maduro. It's just the sweet plantains regular fried.
2: Yeah, we do that. We do it both ways. I think
1: we do it green, as well as sweet Yeah. We we have a thing we call Fit Club Five, where we ask you five rapid-fire questions, just for the viewers to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Fallon's going to hit you up. Uh, Let's go.
0: All right. Who is the last person you texted?
1: (laughs) My um,
2: BMW specialist.
0: uh dream dinner guest
2: dream dinner guest
0: oh
2: dead or okay. alive first one comes to mind is is a shoe. it's between a woman and a man
0: i'm gonna say bob marley okay that's a good one uh what's the last meal that you ate
2: a protein bar <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your favorite junk food?
2: Donuts.
0: Mm. (laughs) If you are in death row, what would be your last meal?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yo, don't. It would have to be from. Hmm, man, that's that's tough. Okay, I would go to probably man, that's that's, that's
3: tough,
2: girl. <laughs> oh. LA. Pura Vita. I just want to have everything on her menu. And that'll be it. Hey, Pura Vita. Who? Yeah. What I place? Pura Vita. Oh, I never been there. Yeah. Oh you know what, while you're in Atlanta, go to avocado cafe. Avocado Cafe. Is that downtown or? It's north, north of Atlanta, just like the bar, north of the okay. north side. Also, have you ever been to Cafe Sunflower?
0: Nope, well, I'm gonna write them down.
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry, I didn't mean that.
2: Was that the last question? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, that was the last question.
2: Oh, good, good.
1: But we, I do, do have one more for you. I know that you have nourish and primer. So when people want to, you know, get into the lifestyle, what's the best way for them to get in and check in with you? Should they get nourished or should they get primer? What's the best way to start a program? Oh. Nourish is, is something I created out of the need for
2: people. Remember there was a time when intuitive eating was big?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: So I have I had done that for all, my entire life. You know, I just ate whatever I wanted and when I knew I was getting ready for a competition, I just slowly cut back. But I continue to eat what I want. And I still do that now, but now I'm a little bit more data driven. So I do macros. But that nourish was created with the mindset that people don't want to track. They just mm. want to have Get used to portions. And portion control, I think, is another thing in that place, this country, that we don't have. We go to restaurants that have all of these huge amounts on our plate, and we're like, yes. But then you go to a restaurant where it's a little bit more expensive and it's smaller, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> but then when you really look at it, that was the right portion. Yeah. We're just so used to overindulgence, and then we have so much waste. You know, we throw away so much food, and you can't even give it to the homeless. Because if they get ill, they can sue. And so these type of rules and regulations are just almost asinine, they are backwards in a society that's supposedly about economic growth and drivenness to make people, everybody can have a, an opportunity to get better. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, must, I think I almost lost the question there. What did you say? About
1: nourishing and Primer, just, just well, uh, of we'll check in with you.
2: So Nourish would be the best one to go with. You know, I actually have a client of mine who, when she was really looking at going into it, she said Nourish really helped her. And so I never even thought about it. I have clients that love it, and I just don't even talk about it as much. I need to get better at that shaka. It's promoting my ebooks more. But I always had that, that fear of, I didn't want to come off as that sales
1: guy. I'm always selling myself. Yeah, yeah. But I think but Nur- they to you and they want to look like you or at least be on the way to looking like you. So they're right. like looking right now, how do I get Tori Watson's physique? So <laughs> want to make sure they have the ways to get there. <laughs> right,
2: right. So, yeah, nervous. And then, like, primer was really created out of the need to show people how I train, but from the basics, you know, bodybuilding basics, muscle building basics. And it can be used by women or men because in the past there used to be this this stigma that women shouldn't train like men. That's mm-hmm. not true. You know, We can all train the same. Of course, men have more testosterone, more muscle mass, but women can build just as they need to because a lot of times, you know, we all need to have stronger core, stronger legs, stronger upper body, stronger, you know, just stronger in general as, as, as long as our mind too, you know,
1: just working on the full body as well. So they're both good, you know, depending on what your goals are. Oh, I, I appreciate you so much for joining us. We've learned so much. I mean, you gave us that engineer's bodybuilding knowledge. So I really like that. Um, no, no problem. Thank you for
2: having me. And I, I appreciate it. I know it started off a little slow. I don't know why. I have this thing when I do these Zooms or podcasts or whatever. I got to get, it helps me to get a feel for mm-hmm. the individual I'm speaking with once we get started. You know what I mean? It turned off just right,
1: man. You're, you're perfect.
0: <laughs> but that's your intuitive side. You're feeling our energy, you know? That's all it is. And that's <laughs> where I would,
1: you know, want to go with when when
2: you deal with anybody. Of course, we see things. You know, we can see, like I see, Fallon is beautiful. chocolate is beautiful. I see you guys' skin. I see your hair. I see all of that. But that's not important as much as our energy that we bring together mm-hmm. and that energy is what should bring people together not based on what you see but this, these two eyes can create a prejudice that's not necessarily there you know what I mean so yeah I, I really appreciate you guys having me on so thank you very much yeah, and, and where can the viewers and listeners find you so they can check in with you as well you can find me Tori Washington, Washington that's on Instagram Tori Washington on Twitter, Tori Washington on Facebook, Tori Washington on TikTok, Tori Washington—all of that <laughs> go by that everywhere. And Fallon, we're gonna go.
1: YouTube you. too, YouTube too as well.
0: You guys can find me at fitwithfallon.com or at fitwithfallon on Instagram.
1: You guys can find me on- I
0: like
1: it, and you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat and TikTok. at like a strong. <laughs> <laughs> <Next week. laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Take care.
0: Bye